my luck. I struck bullet. Well, get the lead out. Collecting junk is America's favorite pastime. I mean, they had a 45 caliber shell. Anything over 30 caliber is gauche. Uh -huh. Tasty. You have yeah. taste, gotta tell you. <laughs> Yonder window breaks. It is the east, and Klinger is the nuts. I want it removed. You can give me fifteen dollars or fifteen teeth. Hey, MASH fans, it's time for another episode of the MASH 4077 podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Kenny, and joining me as always, Meds. Gentlemen. Today we're discussing Season 5, Episode 23, Souvenirs. It's the 120th episode overall, directed by Joshua Shelley, teleplays by Burt Polinsky, story by Burt Polinsky and Reinhold Wiege, originally aired on March 1st, 1977, and the production code is U819. Frank. Margaret, how nice of you to join me. Is there anything I can do for you? Yes, stop salivating and listen. It's oatmeal. I want my ring back. What ring? What ring? The ruby ring I gave you on our first anniversary. You've been out in the sun too long, lady. You never gave me a ring, ruby, or any other kind. Frank! You never did. Although if you had, you certainly have your big fat nerve crawling back for it now. I'm not crawling, Frank. That happens to be a precious family heirloom, and now that you and I are no longer close, I wish to give it to Donald. Indian giver. Then you admit you have it. I do not. I'm just pointing out that uh, had you given it to me, as you seem to think you did, and you didn't, you'd be an Indian giver. <laughs> you once compared the ruby to my lips. Well, it sounds like me, okay. It must have been somebody else. There is nobody else like you, Frank. Margaret, I... Watch it! My heart belongs to another. Let him have your heart. I'll take what's left. I love you. Frank, if you ever cared for me, you'll return the ring. I don't have it, Margaret. I only wish I did. The military men like keeping little mementos of our battlefield conquest. Then hold on to this. Okay, in the uh, plot summary on this episode is Hawkeye and BJ try to stop a chopper pilot from selling souvenirs derived from war materials... Derived from locals. Derived in two sentences, in one sentence there. That's, that, that's good. That, that's not too confusing. <laughs> anyway, these locals are facing danger, getting the objects. And Klinger becomes a pole sitter. Not a dancer, but a pole sitter in his latest attempt to get a Section 8. We are in the midst of an epidemic. It's not the plague, not the chicken box, not the creeping crud. It's the buying, selling and collecting of war souvenirs. And it's getting people killed. The enemy leave their booby-trapped pistols, bayonets, and helmets all over the place because they know some slap-happy G.I. will try to pick up that cockaraka. And before he knows it, his nickname is Lefty. On top of that, Korean kids scavenge in the minefields for brass to make ashtrays for us to stick our butts in. So stop making a market for a bunch of trash you don't need anyway. If you want a souvenir... Take yourself home in one piece. Remember, somebody at home loves you. Don't ask me why. Any questions? Yo! Does this mean you're prohibiting the buying and selling of souvenirs? 
I don't have that authority. This is just friendly advice from the CO to the people who serve under him, if you get my drift. Any other questions? Dismissed. All right, guest stars. We'll start off with Michael Bell. He played Willie Stratton. Michael Bell was born on July 30th, 1938 in Brooklyn, New York, United States. He is known for his work on Rugrats, The Smurfs, and Tangled. So he's pretty much a voice actor. He was, yeah. You look at his IMDb and he's, he's virtually been in loads and loads of stuff. It's an impressive IMDb that he's got. That's um, awesome. But he does like... Um, like on Tangled, I thought, oh, who does he play in Tangled? But when you look at it, it's, got, it's multiple voices. Yeah. So, you know, he's, he's like, obviously, that probably, probably the best thing to get into, actually, is multiple voices. Because, you know, you, you're always wanted for work. Oh, yeah. Multiple yeah. jobs. I mean, yeah. That's uh, the way to do it. Hey, Brian Dennehy. Now, for some reason, when I watched this... I didn't know it was Brian Dennehy. Really? Oh, I instantly no. recognized him. I didn't know, you know. I didn't really <laughs> know. Which really, when I, when I come and, you know, started writing all this, it was like, oh, man. So Brian Dennehy pops up. He plays MP Ernie Connors, a well-known actor on TV and film. Now, Dennehy has 170 credits on IMDb, but I think he's most well-known for, of course, appearing in Silverado, uh, the film, the cowboy film with John Cleese and his beard, and <laughs> First Blood, not to be confused with people calling it Rambo. It's not. Rambo. I was going to say, isn't that Rambo? It is Rambo, but the first Rambo film was called First Blood. Yeah. yeah. See, things you learn on this podcast. I had no idea. <laughs> All right. Then we have Scott Mulhern, who played Andy Cooper. Only 17 credits for Scott. His last role was in Looker Back in 1981. I've never heard of that. No, I, I think that's, uh, you know, I don't think he's played a lot. June Coyoto uh, Lou plays the Korean woman. Uh, now, June has recently appeared in the TV series Lost, playing Mrs. Paik. Now, this is the third episode that she has appeared in, and has only one more to go. Then we have Crandall June, who played the Korean boy. This is the only credit for Crandall. Yeah, and the same for Alvin Kim, who also played the Korean boy. Uh, it looks like Mash had a rather bad effect on uh, these boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Father Bokei. Yes? Ach! Gesundheit. Oh, oh, Klinger. Oh, I'm glad it's you. Who are we expecting? Shipwreck Kelly? What are you doing up there, Klinger? I'll catch a cold. Well, can't you do that down here? Hello, Father. Hello, Colonel. Did you know Klinger was up the basketball pole? Yeah, he's a human foul shot. You ready to land, Mr. Lindbergh? Are you ready to send me back home to Toledo? No can do, Klinger. No can lad, Colonel. Bless you. Thank you. He's catching a cold. Sounds like it. He's just being stubborn. I'm not stubborn. I'm crazy. Give me a Section 8. You're not even half crazy, Klinger. So make it a Section 4. Send me as far as San Francisco. From there, I'll hitch. I'll settle for a Section 2. Send me to Honolulu. From there, I'll swim. Bless you. So let's go ahead and discuss this episode. You want to start us off, Meds? Yeah, sure. And now, I gave this a 7 out of 10. Oh, um, me too. Yeah, oh, brilliant. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I really liked it. Uh, Klinger's line of, uh, I've got to give my lobes a rest. Okay, what about the earrings? Nah, i got to give my lobes a rest. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was brilliant. Um, yeah, I was a little bit kind of like, you know what? I hate to say, but I, I am rather bored. I think we said this on the last podcast. A little bit bored of the old Klinger 
you know, trying various things. But at least yeah. this one, he wasn't he wasn't just dressed up as something mad and trying to go away. But he's sitting on the top of a pole for such a long time was a good payoff for the story because you know that he beat the world record. Cleaner, wake up! You broke the record. Huh? You did it. Huh? I got the record. And a three-day pass in Tokyo whenever you're ready to shove off. I'm ready. I got the record. <laughs> I got the record. <laughs> I got the record. <laughs> thank you, Colonel. Don't thank me. You've earned the pass. I meant for making me stay up there. I set a record. That's right. Yeah, but someday some kid will come along and break it. In an imitation fox stole in army shoes, not a chance. Hey, that's right. I set a record. <laughs> yeah, it um, turned into something more than him just trying to get a section in. Exactly. So he kind of like he really had a bit of a development in the story, which I, which is you know I quite like that. We've got a bit of a, a um, an issue here going on as well with BJ saying that his daughter is two years old. Another one of those. Uh, mash issues in which, um, of course, BJ has never seen his daughter. Uh, well, we, we we told different things. We told that his wife was pregnant when he left. We, uh, and then we told as well that, uh, that his daughter had been born when he left, and now yeah. apparently his daughter's two years old. Um, you know, it's it's a bit weird. Um, but you know, there there you go. Uh, I I really like this episode. There's 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 something. It's a bit of a classic episode where you got BJ and Hawkeye getting together to try and stop this. Chopper pilot, mm-hmm. and part of you go, you know, the, part, the the chopper pilot does have a bit of a, he has a bit of a charm about him. I think, you know, he's, he's really. A, I, yeah. I I thought scumbag. I mean, no, I met this him. Is the thing. This is the thing. You see, I I think he's a scumbag, <laughs> but the the way he goes about, you know, he does have that kind of like. I don't know. There is this kind of like a devilment charm. I think. Oh no, he definitely. Has, you're right. The character has charm yeah, in like persuading he's got people to of, buy things. Exactly. He's got that kind of thing where it's like you know he's hey, a salesperson. Oh yeah. yeah let's go he's for he's it. a used car salesman. Yeah, exactly. You know, Do you know what I mean? He has that. Yeah, he's got smarm written all over. Oh, yeah. I, I actually really like, uh, not saying I like the character, but I really like that in a writing yeah. of a character because it's kind of like you you, you think. You know, it's really good instead of just having somebody who could just be an arsehole. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's not. He's, he's kind of like, he's got these kind of like, and also the fact that he, you know, there is a nice payoff with him at the end as well. So, you know, it's yeah. this and that. But of course, a lot of people were doing this in war. They're a lot of them were trying to make money on the side to send it back home and stuff like that. Whatever you say at the moment, while we, at the moment while we're recording, of course, you know, the world's not a great place with war. Um, yeah. There's profit, profitability in war. Do you, do you know what I mean? And no, no, I, I, I love totally, the way that I, mass shows that. You know? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. I, I, like I said, I enjoyed this episode as well. I thought the the, the A story was really powerful. Mm. You know, because like you said, this is really happening. Probably even today, war is still oh, yeah. happening. Yeah, you yeah. know that these poor kids and probably women, you know, who can't work, they go out and do this. You know, mm. for the GIs, and it's just it's so horrible to to think this is real. And I'm sure many of them died. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, 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 is, it is mentioned on it several times in this episode, the fact that, in fact, one of the kids here in the hospital yeah. he's injured. And, and, and also that that kind of, like, the character is, is not doesn't seem really that shocked by the fact that one of the kids that have gone in there and has been hurt doing, not for him, though. I think that's probably the reason why the kid who they're treating has been injured because of some of getting um, these metals for somebody mm-hmm. else. And it's a bit like, do you remember the, uh, the um, bomber pilot? 
who, you know, he was really proud of that fact he flies. Oh, yeah. This episode reminded me of that. Yeah, yeah, same here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you, you look at that, there is always profitability in, in war, uh, as much as we hate to say, but it is. Nowadays, of course, it's, it's more media outlet, you know. Yeah. I mean, the, the newspapers love a good war because, yeah. it, you know, it provides them with pictures and, and do it. Probably did in the, in the 50s and certainly did in, during Vietnam. So, yeah. you know, yeah. it's always been there. But, uh, yeah, I, this, this is a cracking episode for that. Yeah, I mean, I, well, a few things I like to point out. I loved when Margaret punched Stratton. You know what? I've actually got that written down. I've got Margaret, Margaret about to punch the chopper pilot. And I thought, I bet you any money you're going to bring that up. <laughs> Not funny, Pierce. Real bad. What are you taste. wasting your time talking to this creep? If my fiancé, Donald Penobscot... Lieutenant Colonel. Lieutenant Colonel Donald Penobscot... Oh, West Point. That's him. If he were here, which he isn't, you know what he'd do? Buy an ashtray? Negative. He'd take this bum by the hey. neck... And hit Deco! So good thing Donald isn't here. Yeah, Stratton could get hurt. Mm-hmm. I just, I love that scene. Again, you know, I love drunk Margaret. So her just turning on him and, you know, she nailed him good, which was... Yeah. Because that's what you want to do as the audience member. You want to just mm. punch him. Yeah. And Margaret does it for you. You know, uh, I really enjoyed Potter's speech because he's right. He doesn't have authority. He can't say don't buy this stuff and stop doing it. No. But I like his, you know, his, his, like his, it's just like a nod and a wink at the end. Like, you know, even mm. though I don't have authority, you better not do it. Um, no, but I really, I really enjoyed that speech. Uh, let's see. Oh, with Margaret wrestling with Frank. Mm. Um, she's tough, man. I mean, oh, I know yeah. it wasn't probably the actress rolling around on the ground with, you know, the the other actor who is or the other stunt person, but yeah, but Margaret, the character of Margaret is really is really uh, yeah. Just... I didn't I I didn't see any kind of like obvious stunt double there. No, I was looking hard, yeah, and, it, and it, to I me think... it looked like it looked like uh, Linville, yeah, all of, the entire time. But they, you know, but like with the the she had the hat on, so hmm. it was harder to see Margaret. But yeah. um, you know, I I, I like their interaction. Uh, but yeah, overall, like I said, seven to ten. I really, I really, really enjoyed the A story. The main chopper story was was my favorite of it. Morning, Major. Morning, sir. May I join you? Certainly. I'd like the two of us to have a little chat, okay? Fine. What's on your mind? Well, I know temper is a difficult thing to harness, particularly if you've been drinking and if your ethnic background has a tradition of settling things physically. What are you getting at? Well, Major Houlihan, you got to stop getting bombed and beating up our officers. Who said that? Easy. I'm sure they deserved it. What I'm trying to say is, it's always better to talk things out than punch them out. Let me explain what happened. I don't want to hear the details. I'm talking! Go right ahead. In both cases, I was unjustifiably provoked. I was responding to unseemingly unmilitary behavior, and if it happened again, I'd do the same thing. I see what you mean. I'm glad we had this little talk. So am I. Have a good day, Colonel. Uh, good day, Major. An egg's an amazing thing. There's nothing as hard and yet as delicate. Except my arteries. The egg is so versatile. You can do almost anything to it. You can boil it, you can fry it, you can scramble it, you can put a hat on it. Put a lid on it, I'm trying to read. Some private from the 8063rd just set a new pole sitting record. 
On news like that, we can take the day off. 94 hours and 18 minutes. What tomfoolery. Leave it to Drake to promote that sort of nonsense. Who's Drake? CO of the 8063rd. I can see his fine hand in this. Little bits of tawdry glory are all that matter to him. I still remember the day he swallowed 23 goldfish to break the old record at Camp Grant. To see him strutting around, you'd have thought he'd licked the Kaiser single-handed. What was the old record? 22. I was sick as a dog for a week. <laughs> All right, it's time for some behind the scenes. Uh, there's very few of them, and they're not that great, but uh, we, uh, <laughs> what are you going to do? Right. Um, I have the first one. Once again, we see characters, in this case Hawkeye, uh, breakfasting on fresh, unpowdered eggs without fanfare. Ugh. You know, and that's the thing because they, they there's some episodes where it's really noted. You know, they're making fun of it about the powdered eggs. I never, you know, saw chicken lay powdered eggs, blah blah blah. And then sometimes they have eggs, and it's no big deal, like real eggs. Yeah, I know. Well, I suppose you know, Ryder has his chickens, doesn't he? So yeah, but there was you know, but there has been episodes where they're like they covet those eggs. You know, mm. remember when uh, they got they made like a giant sheet of them, and they're yeah. like a big party, and it was all real eggs, and I don't know. All, the, all this about an egg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Klinger. Uh, as Klinger is dismounting his pole, <laughs> that sounds so bad, um, <laughs> a, la- <laughs> a ladder is quickly pulled out of the shot by the stage crew. He is supposedly climbing down on a rope. I didn't notice that, to be honest with you. I didn't notice that either. No. no. So Again, I was like, I... some people have too much time on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, Radar didn't appear in this episode. So no, getting quite frequent. Radar there. Mm. All right, is this going to be a fair fight, or are you guys going to be two against one? We're not going to hit you, Stratton. We just want you to disappear. You can't make me leave. i got a right to be here. you got a hell of a nerve. You think because you slipped the kid's family a couple of bucks, that gets you off the hook? Well, you people just don't appreciate me. You know, the other guy that had this route was heartless. I mean, one of his kids got hurt. He just sent him flowers. Oh, I'm glad to hear the business was taken over by a humanitarian. Hey, why don't you guys face facts? There's nothing you say can change me, and nothing you do can stop me. Stratton, you're a sick man. <laughs> That's one man's opinion. Make that two. You know, I'm worried about this man, Doctor. He looks anemic. Look at the color of his skin. Pallid. Very white. What are you talking about? There's nothing wrong with me. Low blood count. He could pass out up there. Hey, cut it out. This is serious. I can't let this man fly. I agree, Doctor. Not fly. Hey, 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 wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. You can't do that. Actually, we can. Yeah. We'll have to give him a blood test. I have a feeling he'll flunk. I think you're right. Hey, hold it, hold it, hold it! I got an announcement to make. I just went out of the business. I think he's getting better. Okay, but I keep flying, right? Right. Oh, boy, you guys are crazy. I mean, you're really kidding yourselves. Fine, you got me. Good, great. But there's a thousand other guys hustling out there. What are you going to do, change the world? No, just our little corner of it. So long, Stratton. Take a walk. All right, you can find MASH 4077 all over the Internet. You can find us at Facebook, www.facebook.com slash MASH 4077 podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter at mash4077podcast. And you can follow me at HawkeyeMeds. You can find me, Kenny, at GeekyFanboy. And remember, you can follow us on iTunes, Direct Download, or of course, from Stitcher Radio. Just search for Mash4077podcast. All right, so that's going to do it for this episode. I think we both agreed we gave it, both gave it 7 out of 10, so we both liked it. Yeah, yeah um, it's a good episode. Really like the Acer, yeah. All right, cool. Well, I'm Kenny. And I'm Simon. And we'll be seeing you. Who is it? It's me. Margaret? Oh, come in. What did I do? 
I mean, what can I do for you? You owe me $15. What for? For this. Oh, you got your ring back. Now stop picking on me. Here, look. It's beautiful. Look inside. Read the inscription. I can't make it out. I don't have my glasses. You don't wear glasses, Frank. Maybe I can borrow some? I'll read it to you. To Louise, love Frank B. I can explain that. So can I. You were going to give my ring to your wife? It only looks that way. The engraver made a mistake. It's a typo. I want it removed. You can give me $15 or 15 teeth. Will you take a check? That was the scene in California's Mojave Desert five years ago. Our historic first view of the newcomer's ship. Theirs was a slave ship carrying a quarter million beings bred to adapt and labor in any environment. But they've washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. And in the last five years, the newcomers have become the latest addition to the population of Los Angeles. Alienation, the newcomers podcast, is a fan cast devoted to the groundbreaking but short-lived TV series Alienation. This series tackles social issues like racism, bigotry, and intolerance with an alien twist. Each month, we will bring you a podcast dedicated to a single episode. The host will give you their thoughts on the episode, as well as some little-known behind-the-scenes information. So please subscribe to Alienation, the newcomer's podcast on iTunes, or visit our website at alienationpodcast.com. Hey there, MASH fans, this is Meds. Now, as you know, both myself, Al and Kenny have our own individual podcasts, and mine is called Waffle on Podcast, and we talk about classic television programs and films from around the world. So if you think that's your cup of tea, or cup of coffee, whichever you like, then come over to iTunes and type in Waffle on Podcast. Or, of course, you can go to our main site, which is at Podbean. So just type in waffleon.podbean.com. We would be honoured if you join us. MASH 4077 Podcast is a Geeky Fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0 United States license. All rights reserved. Story by Burt Polinsky and Reinhold Witt. What? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Denny, hey. Denny, hey. Hey. Uh, this is his only credit. This is... Ugh, my gosh. <laughs>